I know many of you are like myself and my family. We attend church and worship services every Sunday. It may be Saturday for you. It may be going to synagogue. But just in case you missed any sort of preaching, talk, or sermon over the weekend, I'm going to give you a very good one from a very unlikely source, Tucker Carlson. Once you say one true thing and stick with it, all kinds of other true things occur to you. The truth is contagious. Lying is, but the truth is as well. And the second you decide to tell the truth about something, you are filled with this, I don't want to get supernatural on you, but you are filled with this power from somewhere else. Try it. Tell the truth about something. You feel it every day. The more you tell the truth, the stronger you become. That's completely real. It's measurable in the way that you feel. Amen, Tucker Carlson. He may not want to get metaphysical on you, but I'm going to. This is why I am able to do what I do, why this program, Open Source News, is daily, often two reports a day, seven days a week. Because when you deal in truth, you are given power from above that you can feel and actually invigorates and gives you energy. And I'll tell you where the source of that is. What is the source of all truth? It's our Savior, Jesus Christ. That light of truth, that light of Christ is permeated and felt when you deal in truth. Tucker Carlson won't tell you, but I'll tell you. That light of truth, that light of Christ is what Tucker Carlson is feeling. And it is palpable. And it is real. And guess what? The opposite is also true. And, of course, the opposite is also true. The more you lie, the weaker and more terrified you become. We all know that feeling. You lie about something, and all of a sudden you're a prisoner of that lie. You are diminished by it. You are weak and afraid. All right, and those remarks were delivered on Friday evening at the Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary gala. All right, the truth. The truth comes out eventually. And the truth generally has several witnesses to it. That's just how things operate. So we have yet another truth that has a witness behind it. We're talking about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and Jim Biden not being the only three family members who are getting all of these kickbacks from foreign countries but six other Biden family members as well. I want to show this to you. So let's see. The first witness of that, I think was James Comer, was the first one to come out, the uh, person on the uh, committee. Then we had Marjorie Taylor Greene also say that she saw it. Now, check out. This is from Representative Nancy Mace, who went on America's Newsroom on Fox News and said the following to Bill Hammer and Dana Perino. The left says that no one is above the law. The American people deserve the right to put, have them put their money where their mouth is, whether it's a current or former president or their family. This should be investigated. Of course, we know when they say no one's above the law, they're talking about their bloodlust for President Trump, the Trump family, the Trump organization, MAGA, America First, or anyone who supports President Trump or is in his fear or is an ally. They don't mean 
Joe Biden and his family, <laughs> because so far they have been above the law. We're hoping, though cautiously, optimistically hoping that that will change sometime in the future. And we need more information. We only looked at the SARS reports for two Biden family members. Well, there are several more Biden family members that when are you were involved. at the Treasury. You yes, only looked at two? it's more than. Yeah. It, and then we found more Biden family members involved, more shell companies, mm -hmm. the sources of the funds being unknown, where they're going unknown uh, and why they were paid for. And the numbers are astronomical. Wow. And the numbers are astronomical. That's one of the reasons why it resulted in a suspicious activity report astronomical numbers going to members of the Biden family as Hunter Biden is out there influence peddling and his father is now occupying the Oval Office. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along, move along. But now this is the third person that I know of that could be more on record saying there's a lot of info and a lot of questions that need to be answered with these Biden family members. It really is a crime mafia family with the big guy at the top. I mean, it's it's crazy. And yet I, I'm very much a centrist. I'm right of center, left of center, depending on the issue. And I've seen this with my own eyes. It's not a conspiracy theory. Got this it. is real. All right. Yesterday on Saturday, the episode I made, the first episode that went up, was about the great news of President Trump talking about and talking to during his Lee County speech that looking at in the crowd to Lieutenant General Michael Flynn that get ready in a year and a half is going to go by quickly be healthy. And I talked about, hey, what what might be in store for Lieutenant General Michael Flynn? And, and because Michael Flynn's name was actually floated in 2016 as a vice presidential pick, I mentioned that he might be, uh, you know, it could possibly be vice president. I don't think it is. I think, I think for the most part that uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn will come in. He has to have a more active role than vice president as he helps President Trump, because Lieutenant General Michael Flynn knows where the bodies are buried, he knows what's going on, he needs to come in in an advisory role, not as a vice presidential role. Now, one person a lot of people are talking about possibly being the vice presidential pick for President Trump, and it might make a lot of sense, is Representative Byron Donalds, who was with President Trump eating pizza and hanging out with President Trump in Lee County afterwards with rumors uh, swarming that we may be seeing a lot more of Byron Donalds and President Trump together in the near future. Does anybody want a piece of pizza I've eaten? Ah, don't you miss President Trump? Or perhaps you like the dementia, Alzheimer, geriatric. It is not an ageist thing. I love President Trump, and President Trump obviously is no spring chicken. But night and day when it comes to a real person who loves America and one who's trying to destroy it. Go USA. USA! I know many of you are international, meaning you're not U.S. based or you're not a U.S. citizen or an expat. 
And I want to give you a big virtual hug to all of our BCP family members. I can see on the YouTube statistics, you're checking in from Canada. You're checking in from New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, the UK, Ireland, Germany, the Philippines, Guam. Big hug to all of y'all. President Trump is not just good for America. He's good for the world. Here's something that he said uh, in Lee County. Let me give you the exact quote. He said, Before I even arrive at the Oval Office, shortly after I win the presidency, I will have the horrible war between Russia and Ukraine settled. Standing before you today, I'm the only candidate who can make this promise. I will prevent World War III, Trump promised. God bless America. God bless President Trump. And can we please get President Trump back in there? Because everything is going crazy right now because of the Marxist regime currently occupying the executive branch. Folks, I want to, I found this very interesting. I want to share this with you. There are similarities between Biden and Carter, which are obvious, right? Uh, for instance, Carter couldn't keep his party together and it was things were dysfunctional. The economy is terrible, the inflation, problems in the Middle East, etc. Check this out. This was a, a pretty good by uh, James Pickerton yesterday at Breitbart. Joe Biden, the 46th president, is weak, is, is weak Democratic incumbent. Five decades ago, Jimmy Carter, 39th president, was weak Democratic incumbent. And now both will be remembered for having challenged for a renomination by a Kennedy. The similarities between Biden and Carter are striking. In fact, beginning on April 10th, 2021, Pickerton had written 11 pieces for Breitbart News comparing them. The common theme is that Biden, like Carter before him, is suffering from disjunction, which is the poli-sci, political science term for a president, a president whose coalition is coming unglued and who lacks the skills to glue it back together. Such disjunction leads to dysfunction. So yes, Biden and Carter share many similarities. Lame leadership, soft economy, rising inflation, worsening crimes, and for both two, a Kennedy on their six. Back in 79, Carter was challenged in the Democrat primaries by Senator Kennedy. Carter beat back Kennedy, although his fight to secure his uh, renomination went all the way to the Democratic convention in August of 1980. Three months later, Carter was defeated by Republican Ronald Reagan in a resounding landslide. Now in 2023, Biden finds himself challenged by another Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., nephew of Teddy, and also, of course, nephew to President John F. Kennedy. As Mark Twain said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. In this instance, it seems more than just a rhyme. It's an epic saga of eternal return. And if this whole thing plays out like it did before, after the Democrats do what they do, and Biden becomes the nominee for the Democratic Party, He'll get trounced by the Republican challenging him, Donald John Trump. Any comments about the last contest between the two? I will keep to myself because this 
program is on YouTube, but we all know what really happened back then. There are over 60 liberal groups who are calling for Dianne Feinstein to resign. Over 60 left-leaning groups claiming to represent over 110,000 Californians are calling for Senator Dianne Feinstein to resign from her U.S. Senate seat after missing, missing dozens of Senate votes for health reasons this year. That's all I want to report on this, folks. This is not just a Republicans are giving Dianne Feinstein a hard time. Democrats in her home state of California want her to resign so they can get a person who's actually going to represent them. Imagine that. Them, Democrats, just like Republicans, pining for someone to actually represent them in D.C. All right, folks, uh, if you've noticed, I've gained quite a bit of weight in the last couple months. And the most upsetting thing about this weight gain, not just the fact that the camera does add weight, as porky as I am, I look even, I look even porkier uh, on camera, is this small little fact that only, maybe it's only upsetting to me. You know, they always joke and say, oh, black people look the same. Well, I'm, I'm starting to think that uh, with my porky, uh, porkiness, I'm starting to have a little bit more of a resemblance, especially now since I have more gray coming into my goatee, like Alvin Bragg, <laughs> the DA from New York who gave the ridiculous, unprecedented indictment against President Trump with no underlying crime really behind it. Now, yesterday, Breitbart, uh, not Breitbart, excuse me, Gateway Pundit had this headline, Bragg caved, Jim Jordan won. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg drops appeal, former Clinton lawyer and ex-prosecutor will testify. But I disagree. I don't think it was a straight up Jim Jordan won. I think it was just another case of the Republicans showing their weakness. And here is what I mean. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg cave. District Attorney Alvin Bragg has dropped his attempt to block the testimony of ex-prosecutor and former Hillary Clinton lawyer Mark Pomerantz. The House Judiciary Committee and Bragg came to an agreement on Friday. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg dropped an appeal he filed after a federal judge ruled that an ex-prosecutor in his office can be subpoenaed by House Judiciary Committee Chairman Representative Jim Jordan. Bragg dropped the appeal Friday after the parties came to an agreement on a testimony from former prosecutor Mark Pomerantz to the House Judiciary Committee. And this is where the Republicans, once again, trying to be fair and genteel and what have you, screwed us over yet again. They showed weakness. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg has reached a deal with the House Republicans allowing the House Judiciary Committee to question an ex-prosecutor about Bragg's indictment of former President Trump. Under the agreement, the House Judiciary Committee will be allowed to question Pomerantz on May 12th, a later date that then was initially scheduled. And will be allowed to have a lawyer from Bragg's office present for the questioning. So no, Alvin Bragg didn't cave and Jim Jordan win. 
Jim Jordan and the Republicans caved to Alvin Bragg. Now, they got their way because the judge obviously helped by saying that they can't stop it. They won. They should have just said, okay, we won. We are going to do this on our time schedule. No need for an Alvin Bragg attorney to be present. Why is it even when we're winning, we lose? Why can't the Republicans have a backbone? I really like Jim Jordan. I don't know if it was Jim Jordan, but when you're a leader, you must take responsibility and you get the praise for when things go right. And Jim Jordan got beat by Alvin Bragg. Very, very disappointing. Now, yes, they're going to have the the subpoena is going to go through. But once again, it's tainted by a loss that it should have been an absolute win. How come people can't properly negotiate? Oh, and I like Jim Jordan, don't get me wrong, but it's because most of them have never really had to negotiate in business and in real life. Once again, I'm not talking about Jim Jordan. I'm just talking about, in general, most of these politicians are career politicians who haven't really had to live in the real world. And guess who's one of them? Biden's nominee for Secretary of Labor. She's never owned a business, and she failed as at her job in California. This is the AP reporting. President Joe Biden's nominee for Labor Secretary, Julia Su, won praise at her Senate hearing Thursday as a champion of the working class, even as some key Democrats were unwilling to voice support creating uncertainty about her confirmation prospects. She was previously confirmed as a deputy labor secretary, but has faced opposition from business groups critical of her record-leading California's labor department. And here, just in case you're not in California and don't know why, here's how this went down. Have you, have you ever been an employer of a business? It's a yes or no. I'm sorry. I have not, Senator, okay. but my parents have, no, no. have and you, my family no, Have you ever done it? Have, I, okay, I have then, not. Then you don't understand what it's like, how hard it is to actually sit awake at night trying to figure out how you're going to man a job when you don't have the people there and you know you're going to have to do it. Have you ever created or balanced a budget of, for a business? Um, yes or no? These are yes or no. It's real quick. I want to run through them as quick as I can. I'm going to take that as a no. Senator Mullen goes on to ask her more questions that have the same thing. She can answer, she has to answer no to all of them. She doesn't have the experience. But what surprised me was when Mitt Romney, one of the senators from my home state here where I currently reside, Utah, actually opposed and gave her a hard time based on what you would expect a successful businessman like Mitt Romney to say and do. Now, I was disappointed earlier this weekend. Yesterday, I reported how my other senator here in Utah, Mike Lee, sided with the Democrats in pushing through some of the judicial nominees of Biden, even though Dianne Feinstein's not currently there and they're totally at a, at a stalemate. They could have just not moved forward because Dianne Feinstein's not there. But Mike Lee and Lindsey Graham... And Chuck Grassley kowtowed to the Democrats. Once again, weakness. We don't need to, as Republicans, I'm not a Republican, by the way. I left the party in 2020 because the Republican Party was stabbing President Trump in the back for, was a last straw for me. 
But we as conservatives, we yes, there is give and take in politics. But why do we give away the farm and we don't have to? Why does Jim Jordan and the and the Republicans give way to Alvin Bragg when it wasn't necessary? They won. Take your victory. Anyway, surprisingly, I was happy to hear this exchange between Mitt Romney and Miss Dew. But of greater concern to me uh, is your record in California. And this is something I've raised with you before. But the fact that under your lead, unemployment insurance payments in California of some $31 billion went to people who were basically receiving money on a criminal basis, illegally receiving money from the federal government, $31 billion. That's about as much as we provided in military aid to Ukraine. That's almost twice the total budget of the Department of Labor. Under your leadership in California, $31 billion was fraudulently paid out. Of course, this is one of those, add to the list of many, identity politic hires or attempts to place someone in a position of leadership by Biden, who cares more about the woke than people who are actually qualified. And man, I got to admit, I enjoyed Mitt Romney calmly explaining in a very nice Republican way, lady, you ain't cut out for this. You can't do this job. Now, now there's a principle in, in all sorts of enterprises known as the Peter Principle, which is people get promoted to a point where their competence is no longer uh, been established. In this case, your record there is so severely lacking. I don't know how in the world it makes sense for the president to nominate you to take over this department, to, to work behind um, Marty Walsh is one thing and to learn from him, but you haven't had experience negotiating a, a major deal between unions and, and management. Uh, and your leadership of an enterprise resulted in $31 billion of fraudulent payments. What am I missing? Here's what you're missing, Mitt Romney. I'm sure you're not missing it. I'm sure you know this. It's a diversity hire. It's another damn diversity hire by Joe Biden who cares more about identity politics than meritocracy. What do you expect from a Democrat who is a lifelong politician who's never made an honest buck in the real business world except through his son, Hunter Biden, selling peddling, selling and peddling influence and then sending that out to all the family members. This is what you get. And this is what we've gotten from Joe Biden, from Pete Buttigieg, who can't do his job as transportation secretary, to Ketanji Brown Jackson, who now sits on the Supreme Court, even though she, as a judge, often had her rulings overturned by higher judges. She wasn't competent in the previous job, but somehow she got elevated. As they're trying to do here with Miss Dew and the aforementioned uh, non-binary diversity hire of Pete Buttigieg has been an absolute disaster. And the worst part of it is if something happens to Biden before President Trump can come back in, <laughs> Look at the diversity hire who's second on the list, or I should say at the top of the list, the first replacement, the vice president, 
<laughs> Isn't that a scary thought? Now, I'm sure if Byron Donalds is the pick for vice presidential running mate for President Trump, it's going to be the, 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 the Democrats and the mainstream media who are fine with diversity hires will, of course, call Byron Donalds a sellout, an Oreo, an Uncle Tom, or whatever other name, C-O-O-N, that I've been called over the years. But, you know, I've been... A, I was a born and de- born and raised in a Democrat household, and was a Democrat until I turned eighteen. As a freshman at UC Berkeley, my eyes were open. They tried to shove Marxism down my throat, and I fell in love with the Constitution. But they're going to go after Byron Donalds for sure. But what do you think? Let me see. People were rallying behind him for Speaker of the House. He's a true conservative. And even though I wouldn't say he has the longest resume, it might be a smart political move. Wouldn't be my choice because I don't care about diversity uh, hires. Look, I'm a black American. It is nice to see people that look like me ascend to positions of power, authority, prominence, success, etc. When it's earned, that's when I take pride in seeing a fellow black man or black woman. Not pride in like it's a black thing, but just like, I take pride in America. That's what it is for me, folks. I take pride in America. When I see someone who looks like me be successful because they earned it, to me that is, I knew it, I know it, I feel I feel it, I've lived it. America is a great place. You can be successful. And that black man or black woman, Hispanic man or Hispanic woman, I'm half black, half Hispanic, they did it because America is great. This truly is a land of opportunity and their color and ethnicity had did not stop them from being successful. That's how I see it. How do you see it, folks? I've covered a few things in this report. Please give me your opinions down below. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, and God bless.